Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things trading and investing. Now, we hope you had a good day and are ready for what I'm sure will be another great stock market show. It has been another very interesting week on the market and so tonight is sure to be another exciting show. Now, our topic for tonight is about the stock market crash 2020. Why is this different to the GFC crash? As always, we will look at what's currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in, give you our expert opinion, and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and joining me tonight is Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Good evening, everyone, and hello, Dale. How are you? Me, I'm good. We don't get to talk much anymore, do we? Like, well, sorry, we don't get to see much We just anymore. spoke today. Well, I know that, but I mean, we don't get to see each other. As I know much. that you were missing me. Is that true? Yeah, I did. We had Kathy, our um, our wonderful student admin person, come around and pick up a whole heap of books, and it was like I hadn't seen her in two weeks, and it's like, hey, and you couldn't even give her a and, hug. And she goes, she walked up, and she was like five meters away. She goes, I can't even, can't even give you a hug. And I went, yeah, mm. no, you can't. Stay can away. You? Stay away. Stay away. So, <laughs> um, but she pulled pulled up a boatload of books and because uh, there's a lot of books being sold in the bookshops and oh, obviously uh, yeah online which is really really good but we're mm. fit and healthy how about you and your family yeah fine um oh look i had an interesting experience on the weekend going yeah. to purchase toilet paper <laughs> i went up to the gentleman who was actually handing out um, each bundle of rolls at the door You're serious yeah and i said um i walked up and i said can i is there any australian made toilet paper here and he looked at me funny, had a smile on his face and had just handed me the, the pack. Yes, we only make toilet paper here in Australia. Well, I got a better story. I mm. went to the local IGA and uh, went, I was getting some other stuff and I went down the toilet roll island. Of course, it was empty. Mm-hmm. But there was a sign on it saying all natural raw toilet paper for sale at $10. And there were three blocks of wood behind the sign. <laughs> Oh, how cute. So I thought, that's... <laughs> that's desperate. That is desperate if you want to use a block of wood. So, mm. But anyway, let's keep moving on. Okay. Now, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. And remember to keep your comments tonight to something that's constructive and adds to the conversation so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. Now, if tonight's your first time, we may say a big hi to you and welcome. We're excited to have you with us and hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Moving on, it's the first Tuesday of the month, and that means that we talk about the Australian stock market and give you our view on it. So let's get into the charts and discuss our thoughts right now. 
Now you can see there on the screen we've got a chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Now a dramatic fall we've seen. Look at the, the length of the decline actually. If we look back to the 87 crash we can see the, the degree of that fall there. Now we're looking forward to this huge decline here in November 2007 through to the March 2009 low but that was over a period of about 18 months or more than a year and look at what we've seen now we can see here that market has only fallen a month and a half and roughly if we look at the degree so I'll just put a, a, um, a percentage tool here that shows you so the market actually fell nearly 40 percent right and that's the steepest correction that we've ever seen on the market in that short period of time outside of the 87 crash but even the 87 crash actually gave some warning at the top whereas this uh, particular period there was no warning to that extent at the top. We saw in the GFC a correction of 55, roughly 55%. But as I said, that was over a much greater time frame than what we've seen right now. So the question on everybody's lips at the moment is where is the All Ordinaries headed? Where's the Australian market headed? Now there is some strong support around this level here. Uh, around the 4,600 to 5,200 point mark and we can see the market holding up above that level at the moment. If the market manages to hold up above that level through to the end of uh, the, the following week, so not the end of this week to the end of next week, then I'd expect the market to continue to try to push higher and head back up towards 5,400 to 5,600 points. If the market, however, closes strongly back below 5,200 points, then it could do a retest of this low. And it's all, all of these moves that we're just talking about now on the market, either case is really probable. It's way too early to tell the direction on the market right now. So looking at the chart there, you can see that over time, even since 2009, we've had dips on the market, but nothing like the one that we've just witnessed with the um, news of the coronavirus outbreak. Douglas, no, you want to say oh, something? Look, I, I mean, I, obviously, I totally agree with you because you're sitting so close and you might punch me if I don't. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, Do you want but, me to see if I can reach? <laughs> yeah, you could probably try and reach, but give it a good shot, but it won't be what happened. It's my right hand, isn't it? It's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, it might be one of those Bruce Lee punches where you stop a millimetre before my nose. But, um, yeah. but right now, the market is like, yeah, it went up today, mm. but that's like I had somebody, um, I think it was yesterday, they said, oh, the market, blah, blah, blah. Is it time to get in? And, uh, and I said, well, one day doesn't signal anything. Or even a week. It's just one day. It's mm. one day in the market. Yeah. So, you know, even a week in the market doesn't signal mm. anything. And this is where you get the people that have the least amount of knowledge guessing at what's going on. And, and part of that's what we're going to talk about tonight um, in our main topic. But, you know, seriously, one day is not a sheep station. You don't buy sheep stations. You, you know, it doesn't tell us anything about the direction of the stock. It really doesn't even tell us too much about the psychology of the market. And Charles Dow called it, um, basically, he called it uh, short-term fluctuations are irrelevant. And that's what he was the guy that made up the Dow Jones. So we really need to stop looking at daily charts and what's happening on each day. We need to look at it in the bigger picture. And that's something that Janine and I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to keep reminding you about it because watching the market on a daily basis will send you broke and or it'll send you to the madhouse, one of the <laughs> two. Um, and so really it, it is time to sort of take those steps back. And I know there's a few people are listening to us. They're going, hey, Dale, I'm sitting on my hands. I'm feeling much more relaxed now. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm waiting for the market to settle. I'm waiting for you to ring, you know, tell us, hey, that it's okay now. And, and to me, that's fine. 
but trying to work out what the market's doing right now is going to send most people around the twist and give people less hair. I know, I don't have a lot of hair. <laughs> so I've been well, through that. What's interesting, if you look at the chart again, mm. is the is the, how the market fell during the GFC mm. and what happened after this um, March 2008 low. The, the biggest part of the fall was actually in the second half, and this is where you've always talked about the market crashing at the bottom, and yet we saw the market crash at the top. So that 50% fall that happened in the second phase of the decline mm. um, happened here at the top all the way to this bottom. But is it over? That's the question. So we can talk a little bit mm. later about the law of alternation. Mm -hmm. Okay, that'd be great. Mm. But we won't tell anybody what it is now. They have to watch to the end. <laughs> so you'll have to watch mm. to the end. But let's get so into the emails now, look, yeah? Now it's time to... For, for us to talk about you and the first email we have tonight is from Justin who asks hey I love the show been watching for a while and I heard you say that you like stocks that not everyone is talking about well that was you Dale well how about looking at Marley Spoon code is triple M doing well lately with people ordering food more at home regards Justin Moyle very good well done Justin I love Justin he's cool <laughs> all right let's shut this down then let's you're really happy about him it really him. is it's it's I do like to look at something different because you know there's 500 stocks on the market and trying to keep up with all 500 stocks or knowing what they're doing is almost next to impossible uh, when you're on your own so to speak and so uh, you, you guys are sometimes our eyes and ears and give us some good stocks that you know, we should put our attention on. So thanks, Justin, for doing that. So we've got it up now? Yes, we do. Now, you can see there's not a lot of history here with Marley Spoon. So launched onto the market in 2018, had a decline all the way down. So was really losing um, price and probably market share potentially because there were quite a few of these types of companies that came out. Uh, you can see here that uh, it's roughly 80-something percent decline from the high after it, it listed. Now, since then, it's actually recovered quite a, a way from, it, its, um, from where it fell. Now, one of the early signs was this move here in March 2020. So uh, last if we're looking back here last month, this big strong close, if you were watching this stock, that was a strong sign that the stock was about to start moving back up again. So that could have been a potential entry. Now, if you got in somewhere there, if that was the, the stock that you've been trading and you got in there, you'll have done extremely well. So let's just have a look and see how the stock moved since. Now, that's a rise of 136%. Some people may have been looking at this and think, oh, look, it's gone too far. It went up 61% dial in one week. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people, they would have thought, oh, look, I'm not going to be buying this stock. But, but if you were looking at the long term and you were, you were looking at this weekly chart, medium to long term, the medium term decline was still down. But once it had broken these highs here, it was indicating that medium, mm. short to medium term was then up and could be moving forward more medium term. So that's an early indication that that it may then rise. But look, if I looked at the chart, I wouldn't have necessarily expected it to do that exactly no, what it did. I wouldn't either, but then that's purely speculation, I think, on yeah. a lot of people thinking, ah, who, if everybody's at home, more home delivery, let's do that. Mm. So Well, unless you look at in. the numbers, they might have had a big surge Well, they might have orders. been, but you need to see what the earnings are and, and also mm. what what they're actually valued at. And that's where the big end of town, it's, it's probably a smaller stock. And unless the big entertainer are going to continue to support this, then it's not going to hold up at that level. So we might see a bit of a, a pull back a little bit to come to a bit more sensible until we start getting some good 
data out on it, what their earnings mm. are going up. Are they making more money? How much is that? Are they doubling their earnings or are their earnings only going up at 5%? So right now I think it's... So what sort of trading strategy then could somebody use to trade a stock like this? Because it's not a highly liquid stock, looking no. at the bars here on the weekly chart. No, it's not a highly liquid stock. So to mm. me, right now I'd just be waiting for it to pop back a little bit and see where the buyers and sellers are. Just take it easy. I wouldn't jump in right now. But if you're already in it, then you wouldn't if be I'm selling already in it. I'm staying with it. Mm. So yeah, but if I'm not in it, I'd just be sitting back for a little bit, see what happens, and then get yeah. into it. Okay. So let's get into the next question. And this one's from Mancha, who asked, Hi, Dale and Janine. Um, just wanted to say a big thank you for all your great contact. That's our pleasure, mate. Um, I love your show and videos. We love you asking us questions too. So keep putting them in. Um, I also recently purchased Accelerate Your Wealth and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I wanted to ask your thoughts on BHP. I don't currently own it. It seems to be an attractive stock based on overall stability and returns for long-term investors. Appreciate your help, Mansha. So nice thank stock. you, Mansha. Very, very good stock to pick. We all like BHP. There's no doubt about it, the big Australian. Mm. And they have had a huge campaign, you know, after the last few years. Remember that the activists that um, yes. were in the media trying to push down BHP and, and there was Elliott um, Management, I think, were involved in... Um, um, pushing BHP to, to um, delist on the overseas market. Now, BHP actually fell quite significantly in the fall. So there were, there were only a few stocks that were really immune from all this. So if we look at the decline from the high, and, and what's interesting is BHP was actually pushing up quite nicely to challenge that high. And then the last couple of months fell back um, in, in the similar sort of order with what the market did. So roughly 43% from that prior high back here in 2019. And if we bring it forward a little bit further, uh, BHP fell just slightly less than that to the recent decline, so still around 40%. So look, BHP is a great stock. I think it will continue to be so. It's one that I would have on the watch list. So I think it's a good choice. Right now, there's no rule or anything to be able to buy BHP. Mm. It could run out of steam. It's filled this gap here. We could see it then start to pull back a bit. It might go up a little bit further. I was expecting it to head down to around 33, possibly 34, before it, the, the current run um, mm. petered out and then a bit of a pullback just to test that, that su yeah. buyer support, really. Um, if you haven't seen my market report for yesterday, I actually looked at BHP and Rio, and Rio looks a little bit better than BHP at the Which moment. Which is interesting, so, isn't it? Because yeah. BHP you know, has some impact from the oil price mm. that's been down, mm. so with the mm. war that's happening there in oil. But um, Rio, as you're saying, could be the pick. Mm, could be mm. the pick. All right, so the next question. That's okay, up. next up. question is from Nick, who asks, Hi, Dale and Janine. Great show tonight. Been learning so much over the past few weeks from your videos. Would love to get your thoughts on one of your next videos on G8 Education. That's GEM, G-E-M. Looks to be an opportunity once the market settles due to, one, it looks to be on top of its finances. Two, decent hold if required to be a good dividend at 3%. Government will be supporting wages of employees. Four, has potential or growth above its current price once things return to normal. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, let's have a look at Gem there on the I charts. I think that's interesting because over the last month or so, they've had earnings downgrades and all sorts of stuff. And they were worried about the coronavirus. Um, they had downgrades from the bushfires as well. Mm -hmm. So that was, to me, that's interesting, you know. And now they're in a trading halt. And mm -hmm. they've been in a trading halt 
for I think five days. So that was that came through um, on the Tuesday night after we finished our show. So therefore, it was before the trading halt. So that's probably why it, it's. Yeah, look, I don't think it matters what the fundamentals no. say at this point, given the volatility in the market mm. and the way that GM has actually unfolded on the mm. downside. It mm. looks more like a stock that is in trouble, and the trading halt you're saying just sort of adds to that well, whole thinking. I've been in trouble for a long time looking at that chart, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting here is. Uh, if I put it, if I look at the all-time high, which is in September 2014, it's never really recovered. It's down. It fell to 91% in the recent mm. pullback. Mm. It hasn't. Um, it fell from about two dollars as part of this current decline, all the way down to 40 cents. If that tells you something, well, that um, tells it's me more it's than the weak. biggest stocks out there that have you know been falling away. So I think it looks a bit dire. But look, I mean, I, I don't like to talk stocks down that are already in the you know, on their lows, I, I think, you know, if it can recover, it'd be a great story and a great mm. comeback for G8 if but, it, if it but can. But that, that last bar on the chart, which was last week, mm. and that only goes up to, I think, the second or third of the week. So the government announced that it was going to support placements. So, and so obviously people jumped into that on speculation, then it went pretty much immediately into a trading hole. What does that tell you? Mm. That means there's nothing behind it. There's potentially. nothing behind it potentially. That's what Look, it really a, tells me. And, that, and there's a big gap down here on the weekly mm. chart. So the risk mm. is that what you're saying is that this is, you know, it, it could go up to around a dollar, a dollar thirty, dollar forty. There's a possibility it could Correct. rise after that. Mm. But how long will it do that for? That's the and question. This could be a sucker's it? rally. That's mm. all I'm saying. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying it could be yeah. based on that. So let's move into. I think now's time for what, the chat what? and handle some questions from all of you. So thank you very much for posting your questions tonight. Okay. Let's have a look at those. All right. The first one is from Virtuoso. He wants Cochlear. So I've got a whole list of them there. So I'll go back and read out his questions. I'm glad you know what we're doing tonight. Okay. Um, he says, Virtuoso, we've had a few comments. Um, some people calling you Jan, not Janine. So it's Janine, not Jan. Um, but Virtuoso oh. saying with the share purchase plan offer Cochlear at $140, does it look an obvious arbitrage opportunity like the company and have small portion intend to keep the portion of it? What are your thoughts? Mm. What to look out for? I know a couple of people mm. have asked about Cochlear. I haven't read anything about the, I know it's doing a share purchase plan. Um, and I know that um, one of the big end of town and institutional placement of Veritas from the US got a big chunk of it. And mm -hmm. I know there's some conjecture around that or whether that's, yep. there was something fishy and smelly about that one. And I won't say anything too much about it. What do you know? Look, in the current climate, um, I wouldn't be buying anything on a share purchase plan. Mm, That's my simple answer there. And looking at Cochlear's share price, mm. it has got huge support here around, uh, what's the load there, $1.55, is it $1.35? I think I need $1.55. So provided that level holds, Cochlear will be fine. But if that level gets broken and the stock starts coming back towards this recent low here that, as part of the pullback, then we know that you know it wasn't such a great thing. So... Right now, I don't. Um, I would not be risking more money if you were holding it, and you know I wouldn't be looking to purchase it right now. I just find it interesting. A company's made an all-time high only what two months ago, mm. a couple of months ago, and all of a sudden it's one. It's doing an eight. I thought eight hundred and eighty million dollar. See, often placements happen near tops. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. If you so go back and look at the miners, this is what happened mm. with a lot of the miners. So. Mm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's really interesting to me. But um, as Janine said, stay out of it um, in terms of the share purchase plan. Um, and I know there's another one out there at the moment. Somebody's asking about that. As I haven't read the Cockley one, I don't, um, so I can't really comment on but, it. But look, in saying that, Cockley is a great company. It's it is one a great of the, company. the best healthcare companies. And if you're looking to hold anything, any um, healthcare companies, not to buy and hold, but to trade it over time, mm. Cochlear can be a good stock to trade. Yeah, I just know the big end of town never really do anything for the small shareholders. It's always for the big ones. That's so, true. Um, so the next, next question, the next one is SM1. SM1 for William. So let me bring that one up. So William says, hey, I'm all really looking forward to the show tonight. I've got stock I'm pretty sure you haven't analysed before. Williams, give me another awesome one, SM1, uh, Sin Late Milk. Um, don't hold it, but it's recovered quite strong since it bottomed. So what do we think of Sin Late Milk? Yeah, strong recovery off the bottom, true. However, um, and it could be the bottom. There's a potential that it may be. We won't know like the rest of the market for some time, but we still would like to see a bounce and a retest of recent lows before looking to purchase anything like this. You can see the trend coming down on an angle. It may rise to that angle before we see it drop. So it's a potential for it to head all the way to around $8 uh, and then come back to somewhere between $6.50 and $7. So that would be the short term uh, prediction. But there is some, some resistance across here. You can see on the monthly chart there from lows in October 2018. So at the moment, no rule to get into it. If you were whole, if you just bought it, tried to pick the low, then well, look, you know, it might have been a bit of a fluke there. But the problem with people picking lows and not having rules is then they don't know how to sell it. And then when it comes back, then you might be thinking, oh, wishful thinking, it's going to grow again. It already did it once for me, therefore it'll do it again. And then mm-hmm. it goes the other way. Do you know how many times in the last that's six weeks that I've had somebody on the YouTube saying, this stock has done this. It's mm. now in an uptrend. It's broken a trend line. It's done this. And I go and look at the chart and I go, what planet are you on? It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Like people's understanding of things is really, So what you're really saying diverse. is it was still coming off a bottom, was it? Oh, look, some of them, like they haven't even, they've obviously maybe they're, not even looking at daily charts. I know we saw one last week that somebody said it's done this and we looked at it and both of us going, where? Even on the daily chart, we couldn't see it. So it's interesting how people view some of analysis and they view some of the charts and and how they apply some of the rules or techniques that they talk about. And I know when I'm chatting... Well, that comes back to your thoughts. So you've always talked about people picking stuff up off chat forums and... So it looks like they've tried to work something out but haven't really got it. Correct. Mm. And, they're, and they're not seeing what's really there. They're seeing what they hope is there. Yeah. So, and it's sort of like, you know, like I know when my wife says, hey, go to the fridge and get this. And I'll open the and fridge and I'll go, coming. where is it? And she'll call up and go, they're dummy. It's right in front of your face. And by uh, the way, that's not me. That's, that's not, another no. lady. Now, that's my beautiful wife, not my other person here that's also beautiful. Oh, thank so, you. So from that. Well, let's move on to the next question. We've got one from Mossy right. who asking PBH. about uh, PBH. So let me go to Mossy. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you're well. Yes, we are, mate. Uh, love to know your thoughts on PBH. Many thanks. I got it at $1.60. All right. Um, look, I think he's catch- caught the falling knife there yeah. and probably been lucky for the time being anyway. I can't even read the price from here. It's too far away. <laughs> okay, get the magnifier out because it's right down here at the bottom. So let me just, I'm not going to, the monthly chart's on the left, but there's not much data there. So I'm just going to open up that weekly chart so we can all see this a little bit better. So right down here, and I've got my crosshair, you can see there $1.60. 
It's right there. Right there. So he's bought at the bottom. <laughs> he's and tried to buy at the bottom. Okay. And so far it's actually going up, which is great. As long as you know how you're going to exit at this point, that's great. I would say, though, that there's a reasonable probability for this stock to actually head down in the short term and trade back to about the $2 mark. So um, just keep an eye on those closes each day mm. and the stock moving up. It could, it could on, a, on a more positive note, head towards this $3.50 mark in the short term. And if it does that, I'd say that's probably going to slow down from there. It'd be interesting to find out why he entered, whether it was just because it was cheap or whether there were some solid rules. I mean, well, that, Mossy doesn't say, but no. I don't see any rules for me to buy there. No, I don't see any rule at all, actually, mm. on the weekly chart. Mm. No medium term rules, but look, some people try to buy on daily charts and that may be where he's tried to get in. So okay. there you go. All right, so let's go for one, another one. We've got probably enough time for another one before we go to the next bit. So Tom is asking about ANZ. And I know I've had a few people asking okay. about the banks recently because their dividend yeah. is high. Mm. I know I covered them two weeks ago in my report. We looked at them yeah. last week as well. So um, ANZ wasn't our pick and hasn't been our no, pick for a long, long, long definitely time. Definitely not. So has that changed? Nope. And I would see that ANZ has a really high probability of taking out the GFC load. That's just my view for the more medium term. The one positive light at the end of the tunnel, well, I don't know how short term the tunnel is though, is this gap that's up here. Now the real question is, will ANZ rise to fill that gap first before it then comes back to test the bottom or is it going to test the bottom first and take out this low? That's really the question at the moment that we don't know the answer to. So if I didn't own ANZ, now's not the right time. So it'd be high risk to be trying to pick it at this particular point in time. And even if you did pick it and it went up, there's still no... Um, the probability is still there for the stock to continue south again. And that's the that's the problem with ANZ right okay, now. Okay, here's another question. Banks, good dividend yield, probably mm. going to be dropped. Mm -hmm. um, the government may do a New Zealand and say, you're not paying dividends, but I'd not, I doubt it. I doubt it, um, but it's possible. But, but, but banks, part of what the banks have done since mm -hmm. the GFC is they raised a lot of funds through those hybrid securities. Yes. And they changed the rules in the GFC. So at the time, there was this lady who I was working with who was a um, commentator in the media, and she and I would get together and chat about how the particular hybrids were changing. It's the fine print that was changing. And the concern that I had at the time was that the average person is not going to read that. They don't. So they've got no idea that the bank... Because prior to that, the banks were committed. They were locked in to mm. a degree, given the rules that were in some of these hybrids. But after that, it became much more flexible for them as to what they do. So, you know, they could turn around and just say, well, we're not going to pay you any um, yields off that anymore. Mm. There's no return there coming through. So what are people going to do with those then? You know, um, they don't, they're not as volatile as what the actual stock is. Mm. Um, they still trade on the market, but they're not as volatile. But then they pay a yield that's higher. So question is what happens if that tap gets turned off i would say that a lot of people will decide to get out of them yeah and that's yeah to me i mean obviously worldwide our banks are regarded as some of the best in the world and part most of that or i'd say a big chunk of that is because of the regulation we have around them um and what apra is doing and the government's doing to make sure that people are protected um, and so whilst that's a nice positive, but we'd also banks, banks are really good at making money, but we can't rely on the dividend yield. Um, banks, interest rates are very, very low. A lot of people aren't lending a lot at the moment. I see a lot of issues around um, commercial property. Um, there could be issues around there. And I don't necessarily think the banks are going to be super strong over the next year or two. So 
Banks haven't point. been strong for ages except no. for Macquarie. Well, they haven't been strong for since... Commonwealth know. Bank was doing all right. It's actually mm. fallen heavily. Mm. Um, but ANZ, Westpac and NAB haven't been great for a while. Haven't been great for a while. So, question. Mm. Is it worth buying a bank now, maybe taking a bit more of a dip if, if your um, time frame is five to ten years? It's hard for me to answer that. Come on, that's what I'd they want to know. No. <laughs> wait for a better opportunity. All right, so wait for a better opportunity. You heard it from Janine. Now's the time to get into our subject for tonight's show, which is stock market crash 2020. Why is this different to the GFC? Unlike the GFC crash, which took its time to get started, the current stock market correction occurred over a couple of weeks. Also, unlike the GFC, which was a systemic-led crash, the current one has been linked to the coronavirus outbreak. And so it's event-driven, which has seen the market crash at the top without warning. So While this is important here. to understand, what is even more important is how investors are responding to the current market conditions. Now, therefore, there's no time better than right now to be looking at um, how you have approached the stock market uh, the past month and what you will do moving forward. Because how you handle the market in the past month may not have been the best way. And so what do you do from now could see you either enter too early, causing you issues, or enter too late, seeing you miss out on the best opportunities ahead. Yeah, it's a real um, mm. conundrum to weigh up, isn't it? Well, it's one of those things. You know, flip a coin and see where you're going to go. To understand all of this, we need to investigate the current stock market crash and look at how it's different to the other market crashes. We also need to share with you the three most common questions investors are asking us right now. Now you may ask, why is it understanding questions that uh, we're being asked important? Well, in short, understanding these questions will give you insights into what the masses are doing and insights into their psychology. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing we know for sure is that the herd is generally not doing what they need to do, but rather blindly following each other. Further, looking at the questions helps you understand why the masses do not appear to have learnt from the past market corrections. As the saying goes, if you fail to learn from our mistakes, then we're doomed to repeat them. Where we sit right now, there is no difference in the attitude of most people. The questions that they're asking and what we're seeing people do now is what we saw back in the GFC. Now, the three questions we're getting asked constantly right now are, has the market bottomed yet? Mm. I don't know how many times I've been asked that in the last four weeks. It's every day. Um, and the second question is, should I buy more of this stock now it's fallen? Or in other words, should I dollar cost average? And I'm sick of the little acronym DCA being okay. typed into everything. Uh, and the third question is, this stock is cheap. Should I buy it? Mm. Now, all of these questions show we have not learnt from the past. Um, it is irrelevant whether the market has bottomed yet or whether it's further to fall. What's far more important is your process and the plan that you have to manage whatever occurs. Now, in terms of I should I buy more of the stock that is falling, the answer is and now, now and will always be the same. This is what we were talking about before with ANZ. In terms of dollar cost averaging in particular, um, while this is promoted by institutions, it's always an answer of no, we don't do that. And um, as, you, as to get more of your money is not a wise strategy. So the institutions are actually wanting to you to continue to put money in. Um, it's like good money after bad well, dollar money. Dollar cost averaging came out of the 80s with all those insurance type 
investment mm. products is they want you to put a little bit of money in all the time. So they're saying this is the best way to do it. You put a little bit of money every month and we take it out of your bank account and that's where the whole dollar cost To me that's as bad out. as the dividend reinvestment plan. Well, it's an SHIT way to invest. It yeah. really is. It's and a high risk way, really. Mm. I mean, one thing I can remember you saying to me is if someone owned the corner shop mm. and you went in there and they said, oh, look, would you buy 10% of my shop? Mm. I'm having trouble. It's going down and I need some money. And you're going to say no. No, you're going to say no every time. And so why do people mm. want to buy more stock that's falling away? I mean, you don't want to buy a losing asset and one that's continually falling. But dollar cost averaging even in a bull market doesn't make a lot of sense either because then obviously position sizing can get out of way. See, I think, it, I think that's that buy and hope you know, you hold, well, hold buy and hold, and you're hoping and praying that it's actually going to recover, aren't mm. you? It's good for the big end of town because they get more brokerage, yeah. and they keep getting more brokerage, and they keep getting keep more money interested. into their investments. And so, mm. but for an individual, it's not good. And and if you don't believe me, just read my book. I've done mm. all the research. It doesn't yep. work that well. Um, but let's keep moving on. So, lastly, the question is whether the stock is cheap. And can you buy now? And we'll find 100% of the time investors are looking solely at the current price. Um, now, how far it's fallen and little to no time has been spent on determining the stock's value or its probability of rising. So hence why many get it terribly wrong, especially in times like these. Mm, they get it wrong all the time, don't they? I mean, most people don't know how to value a stock and they just look at the price and go, yeah, it's cheap from what it was before, but that's it's, not a reason to buy it's it. It's not an equation right now to use. No, and if you're asking questions like that, that just means you don't know enough. And I know it's something we keep saying over and over and over again. And, and Einstein said, education is the progressive realisation of our ignorance. Um, and so the more we teach you, the more you'll understand a lot of the mistakes you're actually making. Because right now the economy is very different to what it was during the GFC. Mm. And how the stock market is unfolding is also very different right now to compared to the GFC. What is not different is how people are reacting to the market and the decisions that they are making and how they get to those decisions. So what we need to remember is that in June 2007, the iPhone was released and we had a huge shift in the way we consume information. Um, now, during the GFC, people could not trade from their phone, nor could they consume videos and other electronic communications from seemingly unlimited sources en masse. Now, there were also no high-frequency trading bots, ETFs, and self-managed superannuation funds were still in the early stages of their growth. So the question begs, are we better informed now, or are we put, being put into a false sense of reality with information overload? I'm voting information overload and false sense of reality, because mm -hmm. that's what I'm seeing, and we, we're seeing it um, all the time on this with some of the questions we I know, but the getting. interesting thing is we're saying that things have never changed. So it doesn't matter how much information's out there, mm, does it really? People still make poor decisions, yeah. Now remember, not all information is good and we're being misled all of the time. Where you get your information from is critical. Now, I'm going to... Last Thursday, I was chatting to some of our marketing team um, who handle some of our social media. And there were three young ladies, beautiful young ladies. They're in their sort of early 20s and they're asking me lots of questions about things that we needed to do and, and, and um, getting information out of me about how they could put it together for us. And during the conversation, one of them said, what do you think about this Bitcoin pro that Dick Smith's saying on the project? Um, that's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can make a lot of money out of it. And I said, look, I just saw something this morning. I haven't really looked at it. I will get back to you. 
Now, later that day, I went, had a bit of a look at it, talked to some, had a look at the website. As soon as I opened up the website I linked to, I went scam, scam, scam. That's what I thought because it was a one-page splash page website. There was no addresses. There was no AFSL licenses. There was no anything of credible sense other than Dick Smith was there. And Dick Smith is somebody you would trust, wouldn't you? You'd trust him with your money. Dick well, I'm not necessarily saying I'd trust him with my money, but Dick Smith is a great person who's tried to do a lot for Australia mm. and still is. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I saw. And then so, so what I did was on Monday I said to them, because that was Thursday, Friday, I think, no, well, Friday I said to them, I emailed them and I said, oh, it's, I did some research, I contacted my people in the US, I said, have you heard of this? They all went, no. And I went, yeah, I think it's strange. And then I did some more research on the Friday and found out it's not true. Dick Smith wasn't on the project doing that. So, and then, so I said to this uh, marketing person, I said, look, it's it's not rigidig, it's fake. Um, it's all fake news, fake blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, why would Dick Smith get involved in that? And I said, he didn't. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to get is pe these young people believed what was on Facebook. Right. They totally believed Gee. it. So they believed Bitcoin Pro could make you fortune when not doing too much. And they believed that Dick Smith was involved in it. And that's what I mean by be careful what you're getting mm. your information from. Because there's so many blog posts, there's so many YouTube channels, there's so many chat forums out there. It's easy. You can set up your own YouTube channel for nothing. You Look, I hope more people search for Dick Smith and actually find out what he is about. Because he's mm. done some amazing he things. Has. You know, that when when the big companies came mm. out and they were they created all this software so you can go and find hotels, you mm. can go and find food anywhere. The downside is that what he was talking about was all of these Australian companies that were offering bed um, beds for people were losing 20-30% of their money Correct. to overseas companies. So that was going out the door, post. offshore, mm. out of Australia. So what he would say was, you know, if you find a company that you mm. want to go and stay there, mm. ring them. Mm. Don't book it through the booking agency where the people are losing money. But that's why people believe Dick Smith. You know, mm. like, oh, I've got Dick Smith. And they even had, like, um, Richard Branson and... and um, Bill Gates's picture and saying they were sort of involved in it. So to me, what the point is, is, is yes, because there's a website there. Yes, because there's a chat forum there. Yes, because it's a blog. Anybody can mm. create a fake looking website or a fake blog post or a, or a YouTube video and make anything sound really good. Who are you listening to? How credible are they? And how do you quantify what they do yeah. and who they are? With us, it's really easy. We have an AFSL license. We're an RTO. We're a mm. fund manager. You can see that. You can check it with independent Mm. parties okay you know who we are and mm. it's we don't hide it and you can check there us was out a lot of fake people with the bitcoin craze yeah. wasn't there and you get a lot of fake people in chat forums and mm. this is where i see people buying the wrong stocks so let's now go and mm. keep moving on because otherwise we'll be here all day okay let's bring up the charts and look at the crashes on the dow and the all lords all right i'm going to bring that up otherwise i'll stay on my soapbox see. for another hour or so we don't want that do we <laughs> no. all right i might have to um, take drastic steps so what we're going to do now, yeah, you might, you might, she might hit me again. What we're going to do now is bring up the Dow Jones and your Lord, so we can just look at how different things are now, uh, include or in comparing it to past market crashes, just to show you how it is. Because now we've moved on, you know, four or five weeks since really the start of this move down. It was sort of, you know, as I said, about four or five weeks ago. So we get a little bit more information. So let's have a look at that. So bring up the Dow. It's in the yellow there. Yep. All right. So let's go back to 1929 crash and have a bit of a look at that. Okay. okay, can I hide all of this stuff that you've got there? You can hide whatever you like, as long as you don't hide under the table. Okay, <laughs> it's just, just cluttered up the chart. Okay, so if we go back down there. Yep. Okay, so this is the 
um, the great correction. In now, the, the, yes. the great correction, that was over leverage and everything else. And that was an economic or systemic meltdown on the marketplace. It wasn't a event-driven meltdown, a little yep. bit different. So that was an 89% correction there on the Dow back yep. then. So the, following that, the market actually tried to recover, but look how, how it actually unfolded. This was, even though it was 89% down, it was more similar to what happened in the GFC. So we had that initial fall, but the fall mm. was much sharper. Look at the steepness of this fall from that October 29, and then it rose part of the way. But if you look at it mm. more closely, you'll find most, most of that first fall happened on roughly a day or so, but the yeah. market had already been falling for a bit before that big day. Okay. Okay. What we did a few weeks back is just go bang, 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 mm. really straight off the top almost. There was yeah. no real come down a little bit, gently come down a bit, mm. then everything happens, and all of a sudden, bang, this thing yeah. went bang straight away. So what we're seeing when we're looking at the 29 crash was that yeah. It was falling over and all of a sudden it went bang on that one day in 29. But the bottom didn't happen until 32. Now, now so we, know, we know that after this crash, we know that in Australia after the correction happened at the same time, mm -hmm. in Australia we went into a depression. Yes. Because the, the government in the country at the time didn't act quick enough to Correct. put money into the economy. And that was a big criticism down the track that happened. And so when the GFC hit, um, the government at the time... Mm were told by economists that they needed to act and they needed to get money into the economy straight away and get people spending, which is what they tried to do. And part of the plan that the current government have employed now is actually what the, the government was trying to do in the GFC. But there's a lot of very well. no, there's a lot of criticism for what happened back in the GFC. But look at what um, went on. Um, but our property market stayed up reasonably well, which mm. was interesting. But look at what hap is happening now. I mean, the amount of spending that the government is is um, putting into places 20% of our GDP and they've acted really fast to try to get this going. So there's a reasonable probability that they could be right in what they're doing in stopping a depression from happening. But people are asking, are we going to see a depression? Well, if they're spending this kind of money, economists will say that that's less likely given what they're doing. Yeah, I think a much better position now to have a nice bullish mm. move out of the bottom whenever that is yeah. than what we were in 2009 because in 2009... We really went sideways for so long yep. because of that, you know, rescue packages and everything else that just didn't do very good. Well, we, we haven't sort of talked about people yet um, mm. in terms of what happened during the GFC to compare that to um, mm. to what's happening now, have we, we really? No, but in, during the GFC, it came down from the June, it came down and then it went took off and everybody yeah. started getting back into it and it went up into the October high. Yeah, because at that first pullback, mm. people were a bit surprised, but then it was just like the numbers were looking cheap. So from yeah. the fundamental perspective, which was lagging what was actually Making happening on the chart in front of us. Buying stocks cheap, they were doing yeah. that. We were getting out yeah. and we saw the writing on the wall. We were getting out and reducing all our position sizes, but then we were getting blamed for not getting back into That's the market right. when the market it took, took off. off. And then yeah. all of a sudden it capitulated and went mm. south again. Now, it's not to say that the same thing could happen, you know, it could happen mm. again, but we might mm. get more of a protracted sideways move yeah. unfolding. So after, if I can just go back to what happened in the Australian market, uh, I need to change charts yep. again. Yeah, so let's just go to the Australian stocks. Because we haven't, pardon? Let's just go to the Australian market now. So in yeah. the green. In the green, in at the, the top? Green. Yeah, no, in the middle there. That's yeah. it. There you can see it there. Just click on one of those. Yeah, so after, after the... Um, the correction here in 87 see how we had this rise mm. all of a sudden so that's what see there were about four months where the market went sideways and it actually came back and tested that low mm. so that's what could happen now given we're seeing the market just very slow to to move back up 
but we could also then see this really protracted sideways up and down move because let's face it the banks are not looking great at the moment there's yeah. still potential downside there so a similar sort of thing could unfold mm. here but what happened after the gfc the the house houses prices were still great the market rebounded really strongly and the then eventually we had this um, secondary con correction with mm. the tsunami that happened in 2011 when the market And in the GFC, well, that was a financial system meltdown. So it was, again, it was a systemic yeah. meltdown, not a event-driven meltdown. Mm. And because it was systemic, and the, you're talking about banks closing down in America and our banks were under scrutiny. Mm. So to me, that to me was a bit more doom and gloom. But there's something more to this coronavirus It's not to say meltdown. that we couldn't see banks, you know, mm. There's something else driving this market at the moment, and it's not just coronavirus. I just, yeah. it's, I've said it to Jim Beach. I think this is more of an mm. economic war. There's not, not yeah. a war with bullets. It's a war with something else, and the market's being yep. affected by it. So. Well, that's what I said to you when it first happened that first week. Mm. I said I think this is actually like war, and mm. we looked in the supermarkets, and that was happening. Mm. Um, that you know, it's it's behind the scenes and the oil mm. wars going on right now. So I suppose what we're wrapping up, what we're saying to people is, don't expect the market to be like it was in the past at the moment. It is running a little bit under rhyme and uh, without rhyme and reason. Expect it could fall further. Just because it's bounced today and bounced last week doesn't mean the bottom's in. So just really protect yourself and don't be in that state where you think you know what's going on because Janine and I can't tell you where the bottom is. We just can't right at the moment and we don't want to because it could be dangerous. What we say now is protect your capital at all costs. If mm. it starts to drop, stay out of it. And it's best just to let the dust settle. And why um, is that? Yeah. Because the best opportunities are going to come after that the next best, move. Yeah, mm. this year I think we're going to have more volatility, more false triggers, all sorts of different things for a while. Now what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing. And I think the best opportunities that come in a year of time. Now is the absolute most brilliant time to do our course and to educate yourself to be ready for the big run when it happens. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on stuff and you're going to play in the meantime and it's going to cost you money and losses and give you headaches and have you less hair like I've got. <laughs> so um, that's really what's going to happen. But um, let's get into the chat again. What do you reckon? Unless right. you've got something else to say. Okay. No, that's fine. We've got another stock. We've there. got a stock for Giuseppe. He wants MMS, if I say that right. So I'll just bring up Giuseppe's um, question. Uh, where are you, Giuseppe? You're here somewhere. Um, MMS, Macmillan yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah, he says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you guys are well. Yes, we are. If I get a chance, please tell me about what you think about MMS. Would their earnings be safe considering their clients are federal and local government? Good question. Mm, interesting. Mm. Look, oh, I'm looking at this stock and seeing a pattern and our students who are actually sitting there on tonight's show who have done our course will know what that's all about mm. and where the stock's likely to, to move to. And look, it may have actually bottomed here, but I still see there's reasonable support lower down. So that the interesting thing is somewhere around this level between about $5 and 4 and $5, there's reasonable support there for the stock. So it may actually, we've got bottom pickers coming in here trying to, mm. to pick the, the low and then push the, the stock higher. And it could hit its head somewhere around the 8 or $9 mark before it then comes back. But Look, it's still that catch a falling knife scenario. I wouldn't be interested in it. I don't think I'd be even, I don't think I'd be more drawn to a stock just because it's got government, um, basically. Uh, it's the fundamentals, right? And the, and yeah. the fundamentals are not always going to tell you exactly um, mm. the position of the company in this particular climate because the share price has been knocked around so strongly. It's mm. showing you that the big money's not there supporting the stock. So why yeah. would you put your hard-earned money in there? Yeah. 
Alright, next up, Caleb wants ASX, so let me just bring that up. Um, he says, Hi Dale and Janine, keen to hear your thoughts on ASX for buy. Looks like it's holding up well, waiting for a Dow confirmation. Okay, now ASX is holding up well and it is a great stock on our market. You can see there that um, it's traded, to, you know, over this time it's traded to new all-time highs and we've seen the, the, that big correction on the market with the coronavirus come back and find support. Here, um, not quite down to that prior all-time high that happened in the GFC, so it could still be a little bit further to go on the downside. And, and while it did actually have a reasonable rebound, the challenge that we've got with uh, the ASX now is that you can see what the price action's doing. Remember, we're talking about these retests of the lows, even if a stock rockets up and it has been quite resilient and recovered quite well the challenge is that stocks that recover early could then dip back again and we could see it head back towards this 72 73 um, price level in the short term as it's testing these lows because the short-term profit takers will be looking to exit the share at this point after these few weeks up we can see here today there was this um, outside bar on the daily chart where the open is high and the close is low so that's telling you that the market opened the stock high closed it low so the commitment from the buyers wasn't there to continue pushing the price up and then the sellers just took over again so we could see that short-term downside take over if however the stock moves back up above this high here above 82 83 dollars then it could be a great thing for the ASX so ASX um, makes money from mergers and acquisitions and any sort of big corporate actions that are happening on the market and it's a question about you know how much of that activity will be around um, while the current state of the the coronavirus is is unfolding so the ASX I'm not saying um, it, it's a good stock but there's no entry right there to be buying it right now no there's not too many stocks giving us entries and then do you take them Mm. That's the question, isn't it? Is isn't like, it? You know, and, and most people don't know how to confirm a bottom. And it's mm -hmm. like, I know I had somebody, I think yesterday, ask me, how do I confirm a stock stop falling? And I go, have, how long have you got for me to tell you that? Because that's like... <laughs> have you done the diploma Have you done start? the diploma, yeah. It takes up... It's not that simple. Mm. You know, you really do need to understand it. Um, because people don't... They get bits of information and then they think they know what we're talking about but they really don't. Well, in the Trading Mentor course, you do give mm. them a, a basic set of rules to help mm. them learn the earliest indication of when the stock may be turning around or the market may be turning around. And you talk about support and resistance and mm. risk management. So, I mean, I guess if they at least knew that side of what we do, then that could help them understand it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is about understanding when something's not falling and starting to rise. Now mm. we've got a question on a f on from Seb about FANG ETF. So so he's asking, where are you, Seb? Hi, darling, Janine. Oh, he says Jan, so it's Janine. Um, what are your views on FANG ETF? Now, FANG ETF is Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, so an ETF on those um, stocks. I do like the FANG stocks individually because I think they'll do well. Um, I don't like ETFs at the best of times um, for a whole lot of different reasons. Um, but I look, I'd rather buy the stocks directly myself and pick which one because they're not all going up. Uh, Microsoft's doing really well. It's actually doing better than Apple right now. Microsoft's not part of the FANG stocks. Um, Google's not doing as well either. So you're averaging what you're doing over those stocks in the ETF. You're better off just buying, picking one or two of them. That's my And would thoughts. you pick some of the biggest ones and stay away from the little, little stocks? 
Yeah, I look, look, I think Apple's probably going to be a good one. I know, you know, to me, as I said, I'm looking at things like NVIDIA, the chip manufacturers, Qualcomm, mm. NVIDIA. Um, what's the other ones? There's a couple of them. They're looking really, really good. So watch my US market report. I talk about them. It's in today. I think it was today's one. I okay, talked about them. Great so timing. Go and watch my US market report and uh, that'll give you the answer to that. Next question we've got on AVH. It's for Arin or Harindo. Harindo? I've got to put okay. my glasses on. Um, I'll just read out his questions. Harindor says, where are you, mate? Um, hi, guys. I'm following your shows for a long time. Thanks for the support, mate. I'm just wondering what's the future of all of these pharma bio stocks once the world is in better shape. Um, look at AVH. Stay safe. You too, mate. Look, he was talking about staying safe, and thank you for that. But looking at Avita Medical, look at the history of the chart. It's extremely volatile. Um, if that was a heart monitor, then you probably had a heart attack, I'd I think say. they'd be putting you in a box <laughs> and carrying you out the door. Yes. So looking at more recent price action, though, it, it hasn't been immune from the recent um, mm. correction on the market. But look, I mean, in the short term, it may find support here. This is a real test for it. So if it can stay above that, then it could recover. But a move below the, these levels and it's just more likely to head mm. all the way back down to lows, unfortunately. There's not a lot of big pharma stocks in Australia, mm. is there? No. You know, and a lot of the biotechs are a lot more speculative because mm -hmm. generally if they're doing something, it gets taken offshore anyway. Yeah, um, unfortunately, Australia has that thing where we tend to mm. build up, up companies mm. and then they get swallowed up by the big fish um, mm. overseas companies. So. All right, next one. We've got... Um, FPH, that's for two people, Anand and Frank. So Frank says, hi Dale, can you have a look at FPH? The chart looks quite strong. I'm trying to find an entry point. And Anand says, can you review FPH as this is from healthcare? Okay, so I've got FPH up, right? We Fisher and Paco, healthcare. We? I don't know if it came up last week, but it does come up every now and again mm. on the show. So it has actually held up really well as part of the... Um, the crisis that's unfolded. I think we looked at it because it, it, it was one of the ones that had gone up that somebody put up because we we're looking at all these stocks that were falling and this is one of the standout uh, ones yep. that's done well. Looking at it right now, there is no buy signal. See how that um, the bar is down? Mm. That means that there's the, the selling going on. So the momentum's not behind the stock. When the momentum's behind the stock, you'll see moves like this where the, where the stock starts moving up over a number of weeks. And that's more likely where you get the opportunity. So this is the sort of move that you'll see when Dale mentors people in the Trading Mentor course, he talks about potential entries like this one here. Um, even lower down, there were entries but like interesting, that. interesting, this stock was going up while the market's going down. I know, so obviously fantastic. people fantastic. were looking at it saying, who's going to benefit? But was that speculation? And that's what I think we talked about a couple mm. of weeks ago that we said, look, you know, if you weren't in it now, then you wouldn't be doing wouldn't it, it because mm. that could run out of steam and it actually did. Well, it went up. 50% in those mm. few weeks. Yep. So that was that speculation. So now those people will probably be selling out. Well, what's the chances of a lot of people being able to do that mm. when the stock falls that quickly in one week, mm. um, or one day rather? So 6.8% in one day. And if you tried to get in here just on speculation, on yeah, you could potentially be in a loss now. Mm. You could quite potentially be. So yep. good question, guys. It um, is a good question because mm. it demonstrates what we've been talking mm. about because buying in this period right now is the highest risk time mm. to be buying a stock. Well, I said that on my Monday yesterday's mm. report because we looked at... Because um, what's the chances of them actually holding mm. onto that profit? If, even if they have a profit there and it could go up 10 20% off a bottom, but, you know, what's the chances of them being able to hang on to that money? Correct. Uh, absolutely correct. Um, 
But as I said, two I'm not weeks, talking about this two stock. Weeks I'm ago, talking Sydney about Sydney Airport took led. off. Was the best stock in the top okay. 100. Mm. Last week it was down 14. percent Yeah. Same example. Mm. Type people going, oh, Sydney Airport should do well. They buy into it. It goes up. Everybody else tries to say, oh, I want to get on this now because it's moving up and the market wasn't as strong. I wonder but, if I wonder if they're following broker reports or what's happening. Oh, they've got to either be following mm. chat forums or some sort of broker reports, and they're following following. They're being part of the herd and they're being yeah. led to things. And this is really why what we were talking about earlier is you've just got to stop doing that. You've mm. actually got to make your own decisions and do your own research and understand that there's solid rules around and processes around it. You can't just get on a chat forum or you can't just take a broker report and go, oh, I'll buy that. It looks really good. Right now, mm. you need to understand a lot more. Otherwise, you're better off just sitting out and sitting on your hands and doing nothing. Because yeah. doing nothing is sometimes better than trying to do something. Because mm. um, at the end of the day, there'll be tons of time to make a shedload of money from, I'm not putting money in that jar. There's a shedload of time to make a lot of money on the marketplace. If you know what you're doing and you're patient, right now is not the time to be impatient. It's time to be patient, sit on your hands and wait for the best opportunities, not take anything that's moving. You see, so, if he actually thought that he didn't do something wrong, then he wouldn't have said what he said, said so. would he? Okay, so I think he needs to put something in the jar. The jar's not even here. EDI for lucky. Let's go and look at EDI for Lucky. So Lucky Three King says, "Have can you please have a look at Dana EDI? I don't have. Um, I've seen you cover this stock before. Thank you. So let's look at EDI. It's actually D O W. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> so Dana EDI is actually D O W the code. Now this is one of the most volatile stocks on our market mm -hmm. of bigger stocks." I have looked at this so many times and just refused to do anything with it. If you are doing short-term trading, it could be a really good stock if you are a skilled trader and you've got you know really good rules behind you. But I tell you, this can just turn on a on a on a dime, and it does. And look at that. There's a an interesting pattern that unfolded here, which is not great for Downer, I must say. So, and you can see how far it's fallen as a result. So this was a warning sign. And sure enough, even though it went through that high, it went down 71%. So how is that possible, you might be asking? Well, look, this is the stock market and that, that's what happens. And this is why that you need to, um, at times, you're going to have to cut your losses and make hard decisions and exit shares. And you may not necessarily want to. And then you might turn around and see the share prices rise back up in the short term. But I tell you what, at least you know where the bottom is on your portfolio. And that's the most important thing in times like these right now. Mm, mm, very, so very that's nice downer. I wouldn't be going anywhere near it right now. I mean, look, there's a chance, given the strength of support off this low here, that it could rebound. And there is a potential, and I, I, I cringe when I say this on this show in this climate right now, but okay, let's just say it rises. I'm sitting down, so that's Let's okay. just say in the short term it could rise between yeah. 20 and 50%. Mm -hmm. It might. It might. But it could also go 20 or 50% lower. If it takes out these lows here of support across the chart, then, then it's all over. You know what we said a few weeks ago? We said when we talked to people about sort of crashes and meltdowns, we said the top stocks start falling over before the crash generally. Mm, yeah. And the stock top stocks are the ones rising out of the crash. Yes, and the little First, ones are late. And the little ones are late. Yet most of the time we keep seeing little ones. Mm. So people, and that's really probably... Oh, you mean really, on the show? Yeah, on the show we're seeing a lot more, not of the real big stuff. We've seen a couple like BHP and the bank and everything else. But No, I actually yeah, think... I, look, I'm not gonna, too bad. I think you and I are going to go for a bit of a sparring match here because I think they're Yay. getting a lot better at this in terms of the types of stocks that are coming up on the show now. Cool. Mm -hmm. Pink boxing gloves, here we come. Yes. <laughs> 
let's have a look at FMG for Jacob, big stock. See, she bites easy, doesn't she, guys? Very, very much so. So Jacob's saying, hi, Dale and Janine. Could you look at FMG for me? Don't own it, but find it interesting that it's held up reasonably well, reasonably well compared to other miners. Could be due for, uh, could be due to iron ore shortages. All right. Now, the interesting thing with FMG is it is a great trading stock. Mm. And tra great trading stocks sometimes can turn out to be great medium-term stocks as well. What... I find um, fascinating about FMG is it's approached a really important point and it doesn't look like it's going to fall away just yet. But if it trades below this low, now I have to lean over to have a look, 10, around the $10.60 level, um, if it goes below that level, it may start to head back to test support at around 9.25 thereabouts. And that could be a bit of a short to medium term risk for FMG if it does that because there's all this overhead resistance which has never gotten over. So mining stocks, the big miners have, ne have not to date gone through these highs that BHP and, and um, FMG are, are two of those mm -hmm. and that they failed so far to do that. Now, mining stocks could be the, the story that we see a quick recovery on. They've yep. got the potential to do that because they tend to be mm. the, the stocks that will recover when market corrections occur because people are looking for that growth opportunity again. So are the mining stocks going to... my mm. market report yesterday too, so... But the real risk right now, mm. right, Dale, is that mm. it could go the other way. And so that's, that's why good. I'm watching these levels to see if, if the stock heads back towards that $9 level, then that's... I still think I prefer um, Rio. Well, it's a lower risk um, mm. potential than FMG. Mm. Mm. I still think I prefer This has higher potential reward, mm. but the risk is lower on, on Rio. Mm. Mm. Very, very much so. So now we're going to look at TWE for okay. Jai. So Jai is asking about that. So where's Jai? You are. Um, where are you? I'll find you. So um, please advise on TWE, WPO and CPU. We're only going to do TWE, Jai. Um, we've already talked about CP. No, we haven't talked, we about talked, about. We talked about Cochlear, sorry. Um, yeah, computer shares is a good one. If someone wants to bring it up next week, see, they're all good stocks mm. coming up, you see. Yeah. TWE, um, Treasury Wine Estates, it is a good stock. Mm. However, right now, it's actually in the doldrums like all other stocks, but it's about looking at the potential. So I would have this on my watch list still. I would too. Then looking at where it's fallen to is a really important level. This $9, $10 mark is huge for this stock. If it can stay above it, then TWE is likely to be good more medium term again. But it is critical, and we're not going to know whether it will hold above this level for an, the next couple of months, so I'd be waiting for that. But short term, it's got the potential to move up. No entry yet on the weekly chart, and definitely no entry on the monthly. Mm. We're seeing this direction still strongly down on the monthly chart. Yeah. So, look, while I do like the stock and I'd have it on the watch list, it's not one either right now. Okay. Yep. Okay, you bring up this stock. Um, What's this stock? Is that a new code? No, it's called AEF. Uh, we're going to have a look at that one. Um, remember, subscribe to the show now. So hit the. I'm not going to talk. Should I threaten them? Or not I think talking? I should say it. Are you saying people might subscribe? <laughs> They might subscribe. Quickly. All right, so I'll shut up. You tell them. So come on, everybody. Subscribe to the show right now. And I don't say it as well as him, but look for the subscribe button. And remember to, to like the show as well. That's what yeah, the big if you thumb like was Janine, that he was If you like Janine, hit the subscribe pointing. button. If you like, don't like me. That's okay. Okay. Um, question. So you're going to bring up that, and I'll bring that question up in a second. We've got a couple. A question from Stephen on Webjet and Flight Centre. So he's Great. actually saying... Um, do you recommend taking up Webjet and Flight Centre share offer placement? Um, the answer is no, 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 no. And do you want to add another no? Um, 
while a stock's falling, mm -mm. it doesn't matter what the stock is, that's the rule. Mm. And Flight Centre doesn't... As much as I like them, like I like, I like both of these stocks, Webjet mm. and Flight Centre, but right now, look, at, um, look at Flight Centre in terms of where it's fallen to. Is it still in a trading hole? Uh, looking at it now, it doesn't appear to be now. Has it come out of it, has it? So that the trading was happening there on the the seventh, so therefore it's it's, it's fine now. It's, it's it's fine now. Yeah, and no. Webjet, I think Webjet's had looking for a capital injection as well. Mm. So I think that they they got one, didn't they? Didn't they get? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't looked. A party. But it's still high risk. Putting money in into them, I think. So that, yeah. that's why the share price is slowing down. It's it. What this one is showing is that there's a potential bottom coming in there. So you'll see the range of the bars getting smaller and the range of this week's bar, but it is only Tuesday. So mm. if that stays small, then there is a potential short term that well, it could start moving What's likely to up. happen with this is people are they're probably saying, hey, get in at a discount. Mm. And what's likely to happen with both of these stocks is they're not going to go anywhere for the next 12 months, two years, because people aren't going to be travelling. Well, the placements, sort of like you said, it is, it is often a discount mm. to what it's trading mm. on the, the market, but mm. often when those placements happen, the share price can fall slightly lower to the placement, to placement price. anyway. So what you're doing is you could be locking your money up in, a, in these stocks not being able to put into other stocks that are rising really strongly. Mm. And that's really why we're saying to stay out of it because you want to get stocks that are moving up that you know are moving up, yep. not going sideways or down. And so I think Webjet and Flight Center are probably more likely to go sideways for the next year or two, if not down a bit more. Mm. That's really my thinking. Okay. So, But let's look at a AEF as our last stock. I think we've got one more stock, have we, Mr. Producer? Yeah, Australian um, Ethical Investments. A AEF. Let me read out the, the question. Hang on two seconds. Uh, where is Getting he? Getting impatient. Uh, hi, Dallin, Jenny, what are your thoughts of, you, on you AEF? Talk, hang on a minute. You're telling everybody they've got to be patient. What happened just then? You're not patient. Oh, really? I said, hang on until I read the question. Because mm, you're okay. jumping out of the gate. Isn't that what happened, guys? <laughs> okay. Now, looking Go. at the chart. Can we talk? <laughs> looking at the chart, you can see there uh, big decline on AEF. So it doesn't matter whether it's a... Um, an investment company or whether it's a, a stock that um, is a supermarket. Big declines have happened on some of these shares, BHP, Commonwealth Bank, but a 65% decline happened on Australian Ethical Investment uh, Limited. Now it has recovered some of that. Yep, so we're seeing a, a price of around $3.60 uh, $3 there. So it has recovered reasonably well, which is great in the last few weeks. So Good to see it moving up as the market started to move back up a bit. I would suggest that there's a reasonable resistance level somewhere between where it's trade where it's traded mm. to recently, just under four dollars and around four twenty. So it could inch slightly higher. But what we really need to see, like with other stocks, is a bit of a retest of um, levels lower mm. than that before we know whether the bottom's in. Okay. So right but, now. Yep. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think it looks a bit better, doesn't it? It looks a bit better. It looks interesting, but not. it's a bit too early again. It's a little bit too early. Yeah, look, ethical investing is mm. an interesting subject in itself. We could do a whole session on that, couldn't we? We can, and I know I've done, we've done some articles. I think both of us have mm. done articles on it. Podcast. I know we've done interviews on them in the last 10 and 15 years. 10 years ago, it was mm. harder because what was ethical yeah. and what is ethical? Even now, to a certain extent. So what's ethical to you and what's ethical to me? It could be two separate things. True. Because it is a, is a point of view. But the stock looks a little bit better. It looks a bit better, but you know, I'd still, I think I'd still wait for it a bit to give me a bit more reason to jump into it, a bit more certainty in that. So that's really what we're saying tonight is, you know, 
anything that's out there, any sort of corporate actions out there are very dangerous right now. So floats, dangerous. Buybacks, dangerous. Not buybacks are dangerous, but, you know, offers for capital raising is dangerous. So we'd pretty much stay, stay out of all of that sort of stuff. Stick with the big stocks. That's what we're really, really saying. Um, right now, you know, I mean, hopefully you've enjoyed the show. And uh, if we, I know there's been an absolute truckload of people on the show tonight. There's been so many questions in the chat. We haven't been able to get to you. So if we haven't got to your question, we do apologize. We do try and get to as many as we possibly can. Um, but yeah, actually, also, can I say something? Yeah, actually, yeah. if you did put a question up this week, tell us, send an email in yeah. and tell us that you put a question up and you didn't have your question answered. Put and it in email. Yeah, that would be great. Better still, get your iPhone out, stick it in front of your face, talk into your iPhone, send us the video and we'll put you live onto our YouTube stream. So how's that? You can mm. become famous. That's perfect. So, but uh, it now really is the end of the show. So hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and tell Janine you really like what she does because I'm just a hood ornament over here. <laughs> uh, but uh, it really is the, uh, the end of tonight's show. So I really do hope you've enjoyed it. And thanks for participating and thanks for your awesome questions. Now, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll have a look at it for our upcoming shows. Now, if you'd like to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share it on social media with your friends and colleagues. And it's a good time to do that because mm. there's a lot of bored people out there. Mm. <laughs> and also remember to make sure that you put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube every Tuesday from 7 till 8 p.m. As always, we're happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Remember to type uh, Wealth Within Live into that subject line. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. And again, we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. And as always, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you again next week. For now, bye, good luck and good trading. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.